Adam Pavlik is our celebrity chef friend, and it's usually a time where we talk about football and food, and I guess we'll still do that as Thanksgiving approaches. We didn't bring anything in today because we wanted to tee you up, Adam, as the celebrity chef and friend of this program that you are, to help people through their Thanksgiving issues and questions. Yes, as much as possible, without being mean. Uh, first thing is first, green bean casserole, gross or great? Uh, I don't put it on my plate. I have no problem with what people's traditions are. It just never hits my plate. I see it on the on the on the table all the time every year. Uh, my mom and brother are definitely fans, so they make it, and I don't do the cooking, so I can't complain. Okay, that's right. You sit out Thanksgiving, right? That's right. Intentionally. I'm, yeah, I'm uh, on the second-line <laughs> draft pick for uh, Thanksgiving and all holidays included. That uh, That's good. That's a good spot to be. Yep. Sit, watch, critique. Perfect. No critiquing. No, I even <laughs> said, like, I will sit there and watch something burn on the stove and just, you know, turn my eye to it, to put my phone up or something, just act like I don't know what's going on. If you have a question for Adam, now is the time, 855 Six one six one six twenty. I'm going to start with a question here from the nine two zero. Here we go. Chris in St. Francis asking Adam, I'm only doing a turkey breast this year. What are some ideas for preparing a turkey breast? I'm guessing it's going to be about a four yeah, to eight pound. That's great. That's exactly what my mom does. We figure that's just like less labor intensive. But I would do is marinate that up for at least two days. Maybe start that tonight. What's his name? Uh, it's Chris in St. Francis. Chris, uh, marinate that, get that into like a plastic container or something with a lot of oil, a lot of fresh herbs, a lot of seasoning. You can't over-season a turkey breast anyways because, you know, it, it doesn't have enough time to get in there. Or brine it, but, you know, slow roast it, and then right at the end just try to crisp up that uh, that uh, outside, let it rest for 10 to 15 minutes, and then slice away. So we're talking about temperature here with turkey. What what's the internal temperature? On one sixty five is always what you can go for. You know, if if you have a giant turkey and something's reading one sixty or one fifty nine or whatever, you let that thing rest before you cut any kind of meat. Whether it's a four ounce chicken breast, just let it let it chill out for a second before you slice right into it. That's just the common courtesy for all meat. Another question here in the text line related to what you just said. How do you get that crispy skin on the turkey? What temperature should you cook it at to achieve that result? Yeah, so Golden, like, brown, perfect. Exactly. So you want to go kind of that like um, lower temperature in the beginning just to get it going and to get that internal uh, temperature going up. But basting helps. Um, basting with a butter and honey mixture because it's kind of mm. sticky and with that sugar. But you want to do that at the very end. Like when your turkey is ready to go, like I was saying, when it's at that 160, have a melted butter and honey and maybe rosemary thyme mixture. And then uh, put it on the broiler, rub that on there, and let it really get some nice flavor, you know, because who doesn't want the turkey skin? I mean, that's what I eat. So butter and anything with sugar is going to help get that brown. It'll crispy. get that caramelization going, yeah. But don't don't start putting that on uh, early, or else you're just going to have a burn top and a raw inside. Okay. But you're basting in general throughout the time, it's okay. The bird's so big that uh, it hel- it only helps a little bit. You know, brining is what it's all about. Brining is is keeping the integrity of that of that bird, and that's going to be uh, that sugar and salt sugar, and water, salt. and let it sit, and then rinse it, and let it kind of uh, it's kind of like a tenderizer, you know. Oranges, people like oranges and citrus in there too. Yeah, I don't do the whole citrus thing just because I feel like it can be overpowering. Something that's cooking for that long and it's just sitting in there, then think about like what a. Um, you know, the pulp or something being bitter and that sitting in there and also cooking and going away too. So I think any of that fresh stuff like the um, 
like the zest or the juicer sign, do it at the end. Let the flavor just pop. You don't need to cook it into the meat. It'll kind of taste weird, I think. Think about orange and then like gravy and stuff. Mm. I, I don't think that goes together too well, but a little bit of brightness. You know, I always say squeeze a little lemon juice on your steak when it comes off the grill and it will do wonders. Interesting. Let's yeah. grab a phone call here. We've got here Debbie we go. in Waterford. Debbie, you're on with Chef Adam. He's a celebrity, Debbie. Don't panic. <laughs> panic. Yes, I would like to know. I want to ease up my day. If I make the turkey a day ahead, how do I warm it up without drying it out? Sure. So you want to make it day ahead just for that like nice little insurance right there, just so you know that it's perfect? Yes. That's kind of, okay. So what I would well, and, do... And not only that, it just comes together too fast. I just want to ease the stress. Exactly. Yeah. So are you planning on presenting your turkey to your whole guests and your table and all that whole, or could you cook it whole, uh, let it rest, and then cut it, cut it into pieces for reheating? Because if you do that, you could put that on a sheet yes. tray with a little bit of chicken stock, get the broiler going, a little bit of butter melted on there, and just bring it back up like that. But it would be nicer if it was already sectioned off. Just don't start slicing until day of. Okay, thank you. Does that make sense? Very much. Yeah. Lock in the juice, right? happy Thanksgiving. You as well. Thanks for calling in. You too, Debbie. Right, you want to lock in the juices, right? As soon as you cut, you're going to lose It's over. That's it. Yeah, you're losing it essentially. You know, the the next day, just have it uh, cut into the pieces that you want, and that could be even in half if you want. But just uh, under Mm -hmm. the broiler with a little butter and some chicken stock, bring it back to life. You know, it's, it's only the day before. I wouldn't say it's going to be the okay. best turkey you've ever had in your life, but that's why you have the boat of gravy. You can, <laughs> you can get it done. Thank you for the phone call, Debbie. Thanks, Debbie. Uh, related to your gravy comment, what is the best way to make a turkey gravy? So you're going from scratch here. You're not buying something in a jar. Sure. Okay. So the easiest way is making your roux. Everyone knows how to do that. Equal parts uh, fat and and flour. Cook so that, is that down butter for, for you. Butter for and me, flour? it's butter. Yeah, it's uh, everything's. The answer is always butter, Greg. You should know this by now. Okay, Damn good. Uh, bread and flour. Cook that out so the flour is not raw. Um, you at that point, you could throw onions, garlic, all that stuff in there and get it going. You know, you could do that before the roux, even within your melted butter, and then a really good beef stock or your or uh, chicken stock if you want it like a the blonde gravy they call it. You know, um, some people. I just don't think you're gonna have enough juice. To make a straight-up turkey gravy for the whole table off of just your tra- your turkey drippings, you know? So it's always good to fortify. What I would do is I, I make a, a basic standard one, and then I take all those drippings and just add it in at the end. But always have one ready to go. So once you have that the the stock in there, you're bringing it together with the roux, and it's starting to thicken up. Throw a rosemary sprig in there, some thyme, a lot of black pepper. That's what I like to do. Hmm. And if you're feeling a little fancy, throw some truffle oil in there. There you go. All right, I want to bring Spalding in because he likes to make his own stuffing. Okay. We have a question on the text line about stuffing, yep. a rice pork sausage stuffing uh, that was made by our texter's mother. Okay. Looking for a good recipe there, but I want you to walk through your stuffing idea and get the chef's approval. Sure. So I, like I said, I start with four loaves of bread, three yep. Italian, one, or sorry, three, yeah, three Italian, one French. I like a little crispiness. Cut it up into about inch-sized cubes. Leave it out for an evening. I do a sage sausage, like a breakfast sausage, yeah. and spicy Italian sausage combo. Okay. Well, I will say with your with your one where you say leave it out, if someone doesn't want to do that, just just put seasoning and bake it, too. Yeah. That, that's the, the alternative of him saying leaving it out. He yeah, literally does mean leave, leave it, out. it out. 
so it gets dried out. I'm a big night before person. Yep. Uh, I cut up a bunch of onions. I throw a couple carrots in there, chopped up finely. Yep. Uh, celery. Oh, I'm nervous talking to the celebrity. Uh, throw oh, some God. celery in there. Uh, a little bit of Italian seasoning. Cook that all down. Yep. Mix it all together. With the croutons, with the bread pieces. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Mix it and all get, together. And you pretty much want to rehydrate them again. Yeah, I throw a little green apple in there. Okay. Like real fine dice. I just like it. It adds a little spark in there. My mom's probably laughing right now. Anything after the traditional right there, she knows that they have to make like a little casserole dish worth <laughs> that for me. No apples, no cranberries, no nuts, no none of it. See, I like throwing a little dry cranberry in there, right. too. We're going to be sitting on the other opposite ends of the Thanksgiving table, my friend. <laughs> then no, just bake just it up. Yeah, bake yeah. it up. Yeah, stuffing's my favorite thing. So I'll stuffing eat it almost is my anyway. favorite as well, yeah. yeah. I do the box. I like the box. Greg, it's tried and true. You've been cooking for me for the last three months. I, I think you could make stuff in here. It's His recipe was great, and you don't even you. need the sausage. That's like a thing my brother does as well. It's like, yeah, it's good, but I mean, that's an impressive ad. The add sausage. bacon, yeah, add bacon fat or sign or little pieces of minced up bacon is good too if you want that. But stovetop, I mean, I'm not hating against. I eat all the classic stuff, but I'm just saying, I thought you would. Challenge yourself a little bit yeah. more. I'm going to bring some in, Greg. I'll, I'll, I'll show you tomorrow. I'll bring some in for you tomorrow. I'm going to ask you this final question. Best way, in your experience, to cook a turkey? What yields the best flavor? Sure. So for me, I'll go to the butcher or I'll go wherever I'm getting my turkey from. I'll tell them they already cut it in sections. I don't need to bake it whole. You know, that, that doesn't need to be roasted whole. And kind of what I was talking with her is always stuff the under the skin with something. So an herb butter... I've actually done it with foie gras and black truffles. Mm. So we're talking about a little fancy there, but opening up that skin is really important. Getting the turkey super, super dry before you season it and you roast it, but having it in the in the butchered cut-up sections already. And then what you do is you can put them in all at once. And as they're as they're cooking and being like getting done, you're pulling them out. Because not all the pieces of the turkey cook at the same temperature and time that they're all perfectly ready. So usually you have some overcooked, some undercooked, maybe some perfect, you know, but it's not all going to be like that. So I like actually breaking it down in advance, unless your family gets mad at you for not <laughs> presenting the giant right. roasted bird at the table for five seconds and then going to hack away at it in the kitchen. And is there emergency catering available from egg and flour in case uh, this bird goes bad? We are closed, but I will say, I don't know how many people are listening right now, but if you send me an email or something, maybe I'll come. It'll be like Batman uh, day of. Send the light up. There you go. There's a problem within five miles of my home. I can come and help you with your Thanksgiving meal. Do you, do you have an email? We have a few nuggets on the text line here. We don't sure. have time to get to them, but can I can I give these people your email if they have, have a question? Sure, yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, let's do it. Or write it they down, can, I'll they, put it on the text line. That, yeah, or we can do a, an Instagram message or something. Yeah, an email probably works. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll do that because we got a lot of notes here, people with questions about ham and drumsticks and all th- uh, sorts of things. We could extend the uh, segment. There we go. Yeah, full hour. <laughs> we could have done that. Absolutely. Of course. Man, happy Thanksgiving. We appreciate Thank you. you so much. Thank you for coming in like you always do. Of course. Well, Thanks for having me. It's always fun. We will do it again next week. Adam Pavlik, our celebrity chef, owner of Egg and Flour. What a great guy. What a great place. He joins us every week here on WTMJ.